0: Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. I was looking at um, uh, some, some video the other day, and I saw the fastest human in the world is a, a Jamaican, about a six foot five Jamaican. Uh, his name is uh, uh, Usain Bolt. And Usain Bolt is a phenomena, to say the least. He's kind of retired today. I think he's in his uh, early 30s. I think he's about 33, actually, now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he ran the 100 meter. He has about five world records in speed, in speed running. And uh, one of them, for sure, of course, is the 100 meter. The 100 meter dash is kind of the, uh, the most... It's the one he has the 100, the 200, and, and he probably has all of he wanted. Uh, he was just a phenomenal when he would race. A lot of Olympic goals also and things of that nature. But he ran a 9.58. Can anybody here get under 10 seconds? I just want to know in 100 meter. If you do, I'd like to be your agent. Can I just say that? Uh, but otherwise, uh, this, this man is phenomenal to say the least. He's quite a runner. And in about 2008, uh, he set the, world, the new world record at 9.58 in the 100-meter dash. A couple of weeks later, uh, about three weeks or so later, he's in South Korea at a big meet, a world championship meet up there. And they have this all-star lineup of everybody is a sub-10 runner uh, that's in that lineup. And so it's going to be, uh, the the conditions were great, the track's world-class, it's going to be amazing, it's televised, it's all of that. And... Uh, they all finally get in their lane. And the fact that, that Usain Bolt, the, the fastest runner and in all probability, the greatest running athlete of all time, uh, no one's ever done the short distance and the longer and the mid distances and just keep winning record after record. It's just the phenomena of that is, is incredible, just the human species. It's amazing someone could do that. And so they all get in in, in the blocks and when they get ready to uh, to just, uh, shoot out of the blocks like that, uh, he jumps a little bit early. One of the keys to setting records, he says, is to time your, your release, you know, out of the uh, starting blocks right in time so you don't lose any time you don't lose a delay right there. Well, for whatever the reason, he jumped. And when he did, the crowd just started uh, just uh, just moaning and people started moaning and everyone just started doing that because of a a rule that not long ago, sometime back, they put into a track like that. It's called one and done. And one and done just literally means if you you come out early one time, you foul one time coming out, uh, you don't get a second chance. And uh, uh, forever, when they would run, they would get a second chance. You could come out, and if you uh, break the line early, then you get a second chance. If you get it twice, then you're out. But today the rule has changed, and it changed because of television. And it changed because of broadcasters. They said, well, it takes too much time if you have to uh, do that and restart, and everybody gets it twice and all of those kind of things. And so because of people who don't even run, people that really don't even have a, a dog in the fight, the laws were changed or the rules were changed. And so here the fastest man in the world, three weeks before, today scratches out and he can't even run the race because of a rule that's made by other people that says if you miss it one time, you don't get a second chance. Oh my goodness. How many of you are glad that our God... Doesn't live by the one and done. Are are you listening? I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God has removed, the Bible says, our sins, our iniquities from us as far as the east is from the west. Let me read this to you in Psalms 103. Can I just read this for a moment? And maybe I'm just reading this for me. But uh, I believe somebody's going to get something out of this. Psalms 103. Listen to this. I'm going to read about four or five verses. Listen. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father of his children. So the Lord has mercy. He pities them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you are glad that every time you've done something wrong already in 2020, that God didn't have a big old mallet right there and just bonk you on the head? I just send you right straight on to hell. We do not serve the god of one and done. We serve the god who remembers who we are. Don't ever let it be said that pastor in any way minimizes the fact that men and women should not sin. But I just like to say that God remembers. How many of you have pity on your children? How many of you had pity on your children? God has pity on his children, the Bible says, mercy on his children, just like a parent has mercy on their own children. You ever been watching someone else's kids? You ever notice how someone else's children always do wrong stuff? But when your child does the exact same thing, man, I'm preaching good and I hadn't even got started yet. Your child does the same thing and you're like, well, isn't that cute? Well... Everybody say, well, you know what I'm talking about. For some reason, you have mercy. You pity your own children. You look at those other kids. I I enjoy uh, Pastor Cindy. Of course, she's the superintendent of the schools and, and she sees all of these little children and she has to deal with all these little parents because it's always someone else's kid's fault because junior didn't really mean it but someone else made him do it. Oh my goodness, I need to get off of this already. I can tell. And we always have a tendency to make exception for our own child. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I guess it's supposed to be that way as long as you just uh, are willing to listen. But anyway, be that as it may, the Bible says our God, uh, he has mercy upon us. He knows that we are dust. He knows we see through a glass darkly. He knows that when we are born again and Jesus becomes the Lord of your life, it's possible that you might miss it in that sanctification process, that process of growing more like Jesus every day. Now that you have the new birth beginning, now you've got to grow into who you're supposed to be. That is so good for somebody. And your adversary, the devil, will try to tell you that you can't live for God, you can't serve God because you missed it somewhere. Look, God is looking for the intent of the heart. My experience is, if you intend to serve God, and that's your intent, if you miss it, the Bible says that God is just to forgive. My prayer is that no man nor woman at Abundant Life will ever Get under the gun when the enemy begins to accuse you of not being worthy. Listen, that doesn't even exist in the kingdom of God. When you are born again and Jesus becomes your Lord, the Bible says you are a new creation and you become His child. And the same way one of your children dropped a plate one time or they dropped the glass or they did something wrong or they didn't do exactly like you were supposed to, you might have been disappointed, but they were still yours. And if you have uh, understanding in that and a spirit of self-control, you backed off, you correct them correctly, and then you require them to do what is right. And believe God that in with repetition, that ultimately that seats on the inside of them because they never stop being your child. They're yours. One day a man came into the laundry. My mother and dad had seven children. We were all redheaded at one color or another, red hair, one shade or another and redheaded headed most of them blue eyed and all of that and. This man comes, I was standing at the counter uh, at, at this big laundry and dry cleaner that my, my uh, parents uh, owned. And uh, I was working one Saturday and a man comes in. I'm standing there and I think one of my other brothers, one of my sisters was right there close. Uh, we worked all the time, you know, and, and I'm standing there by that. And this man comes in and my dad is standing over there and he knew my father was a pastor. And he says, Brother Bill, you mark your children well. I thought, well, hallelujah. Can I just say, God cannot deny you. Amen. Amen. He has marked you well. He has marked you with his blood. He has bought you with a price more than silver and gold, the Bible says. He loves you with an everlasting love. No, once again, that's no, never a justification. For sin, Exactly the opposite. If you understand who you are, uh, you will say, I don't want my iniquities to ever overcome me. I want to be like my Father. And if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The Holy Spirit will help you to become more what you have become. When you were born into his kingdom, that's who you are. He has a plan for your life and he begins to shape and mold your life. There are times when you might miss it. I don't want to accentuate missing it any more than just humanly understandable. But can I just say that our heavenly father, your heavenly father, if you miss it, you have an advocate with him. The Bible says Jesus Christ, the righteous, he will forgive. He will renew. He will remove, the Bible says, your sin as far as the east is from the west. And it will not be remembered against you anymore. Hallelujah. Isaac Newton had a, a very interesting uh, theory, which, he, which is a fact. Uh, he came up with the, uh, with the theory that everything, every action had an opposite and equal reaction. Everything has an opposite and equal reaction. There are quite a few illustrations I could give on that. But uh, for instance, uh, he would say it like this. Uh, you can go north or you can go south because they are opposite. But you cannot go north-south. You can go northeast. You can go northwest. You can go southeast. You can go southwest. But you cannot go north-south. You can't go east-west You can go east or you can go west because it requires one to create the other one and that's the only thing that can happen out of those two. And every action has an opposite equal reaction to it. God made day and God made night. God made man and he made me, I better not go there. (laughs) About as opposite as we can be sometimes. But it takes one to cause the other one to actually have purpose and to have a volume for it to be what it is. And so that opposite is there for a reason. When your adversary, the devil, comes against you, oh, this ought to get on the inside of somebody right here. An opposite does not mean different from the other. Opposite doesn't mean just different. For instance, if it just meant different, instead of north and south, you, uh, you would have a north-south. There is truth and there is a lie. There's true and there is false. And so the opposite of truth is not just distorted fact. The opposite of truth is a lie. A lie is not kind of true but kind of not true. No, a lie is either true or it's not true. One creates the other. Without one, the other one doesn't work. There's an opposite and and and, a, and an equal reaction in the two of them. Is this okay? It's very important for us to understand that God loves you. He hates sin. He loves you. He hates sin. There is your heavenly father. There is your adversary, the devil. I'm preaching better than you're in right now. Jesus came, the scripture says in John 10.10. 10, uh, one of the great uh, covenant promises in the word of God. Listen to this. He says, the thief cometh not, but for to kill, steal, and destroy. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Everybody shout thief. It's that word klepto right there once again. It's an interesting word. He says, and it just means like compulsive, neurotic urge to steal or to take what does not belong to you. Your adversary, the devil, is a, has a neurotic drive inside of his twisted emotion that has nothing to do with need, nor food, nor anything else. It's in him to try to take from you everything that God has called you to be and try to get you to participate with, it, with his plan. He says, the thief cometh not, but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The word, if he can't steal it from you, the word kill right there is a very interesting word. They may put it up on the screen up here if they have it in... Uh, 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 up on the screen up there. Anyway, it's the word T-H-U-O, Thuo. And the word Thuo is uh, not thou, but Thuo. The word Thuo literally means T-H-U-O. It means to sacrifice something that's dear, like an animal. It's used to, uh, to, uh, oftentimes as the word for sacrifice or to kill, and to kill an animal, to to give something like that in uh, sacrifice. And a sacrifice was supposed to be something that was really dear to you, very important to you. An animal that was important when they would bring that and thuo, they would sacrifice under the law. Can I just say that your adversary, the devil, Jesus, the head of the church, the exact opposite of your adversary, the devil. He said, let me tell you why that thief comes to start with. He comes to try to uh, not only steal everything that's uh, important to you out of your life, but listen, including salvation. Oh, I wish I had time to do this. But he also comes to kill or try to cause you to want to sacrifice everything that God has placed in your life, everything that's good, things you love, things you desire, things that are good and godly. If hell can't steal it from you somewhere or another, he'll try to get you to sacrifice it. And to get it out. So there goes the marriage. I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. Amen. Sometimes you'll use other people to try to do it. But something that's really important to you and precious to you. You didn't say I do that day for no reason. But hell immediately began trying to get you to sacrifice it. And to give it up. To kill it. To destroy it. To weaken it. To lessen it. He says the thief cometh not. And he does it because it's in his fallen nature. The thief cometh not but for to kill, to klepto, to steal, and to destroy. There's an interesting word. And the word destroy literally means to lay waste or to ruin, to uh, trash something, to cause it to fail. That's what that word destroy means. It's the Greek word apoluma. And there are about three different words that are used for the word destroy in the New Testament. And here Jesus, the head of the church says, the thief cometh not but for to kill, to cause you to sacrifice everything that's dear to you, uh, to steal, to klepto, to get that out of your life and to cause you to fail at everything that is important, that's right, that's good or that is godly in your life. But Jesus goes on and he says, but I have come. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I have come that you might have life, zoe, two different words, one, of, one word for life in the New Testament. Uh, the Greek word, the original word is the word B-I-O-S, bios. We get the word biology or, or just self-life or plant life or animal life, uh, uh, natural life. One translation says everything has bios to it. Or... There's another word used occasionally. It's the word Z-O-E, zoe. And here, Jesus uses the word zoe. And that means a divine life or a spiritual life. Something far above that. He said, for I have come that you might might have life, zoe, and have it more abundantly. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. That word abundantly is a beautiful word. Uh, And in that particular word, uh, parisio, in that word, it literally means to have something that is exceeding, something far above, something bountiful, something exceptional, speaking about your life in Christ. I like to call it the quality of life that God has. Jesus said, the thief came to try to steal or get you to get rid of everything that God has that's good for you. But he said, but I have come that you can have the life of God and have it exceptionally, have it bountiful, have it joyful. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah to uh, to the lamb today because when you say yes to him, that's what he says. He said the thief tries to get you to sacrifice everything. First John 3, 8 says, for this purpose was the son of God manifest that he might destroy the work of the devil. For this purpose, there's always got to be a purpose. There's always got to be a reason. Jesus said he died at Calvary. He arose from the dead. He's coming back one day. He's poured out the Holy Spirit. He's given it his, his word. He gave us the New Testament church. He gave us five-fold ministry to prepare us and equip us to live the life in this world. He delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He has filled us with his spirit and imparted his gifts to us. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, John says. For this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. The word right there for the word uh, destroy is another one of the unique uses of that. And it is a powerful thing. Uh, Sergio, just help me right here for a moment because I hear the Holy Ghost talking to me right now. The word destroy right here is the word L-U-O, luo For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to untie, to unloose, to unknot, to to open up a knot, to release the bands. One of the first places you see it used in the New Testament is when John saw Jesus and he says, Oh, the the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then he says, I'm not worthy to unloose his sandals. Luo, untie. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to unloose and untie, to untangle all of the efforts of hell to try to kill, steal, and destroy from your life. Jesus did not just come and die on a cross without purpose. There is a divine understanding in the scripture that tells us we cannot save ourselves. We are tied up. We have a, uh, it's almost a helicoil. We have a, a, a DNA that we inherited from our great ancestor Adam when sin first came in. The Bible says, he that sinneth from the beginning is the devil. I'm preaching better than you're amening. And when Adam took that on himself, the curse came in. And loosed many other curses in the earth today. We understand that. And that's what we have victory over in the name of Jesus. But one of the things that's necessary to understand, and and it's written so You don't have to be a deep theologian even to understand it, but the Holy Ghost will give you an internal insight. He'll give you a revelation. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to untie you and untangle you from all of those things of this world. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit was poured out. You go on and you read a little bit further in chapter 2 of Acts. The scripture says, Peter gets up and starts preaching and he says, save yourself from this untoward generation. Give your life to Jesus. Let Him fill you with His Spirit. And you deliver yourself from the untoward generation. And he begins to preach that powerful message. He's got about 45 verses of it right there. I'm not gonna give them to you, but that's one of them right there. The word untoward literally means twisted, knotted, tied up, bound up. This generation is bound up. Every one of us before Jesus came into our life, we were bound up to the devil, to the fallen nature. To the fallen nature. That's why we have to have a savior. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to untie you, to unloose you. I'm preaching a lot better than your amen in this morning. To unloose you from sin, from iniquity, from addiction, from hatred, from hurt, from pain. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to set you free. And if you get free, you are free indeed for this purpose. We don't serve the God of just one and done. No, no, no. There are a lot of things that the enemy will try to get you to sacrifice, destroy, kill, lose, get tangled up with in this world all oh, but for this purpose. Jesus, come on, shout his name out loud. He was manifest to untie you and untangle you. It's the exact same word Jesus used it. He comes to the tomb of Lazarus and he sees Lazarus in that tomb. And he says, Lazarus, come on, shout your name out loud today. Come forth. I'm glad he called Lazarus by his name. If he would have just walked up to a graveyard and looked in there and said, come forth. I mean, here, who who knows how church would have started that day? Because he holds the keys. Come on, church. The Bible says Lazarus came out walking all bound up in swaddling clothes, in grave clothes. Same word for swaddling. In, in, In swaddling clothes. He comes walking out all wrapped up like a mummy right there I freak out and run off I'm going to tell you right now I'm out of there unless the Holy Ghost is in there Jesus said untie him unloose him loose all of those bandages and bonds. luo set him free He's, he's ready to start praising God and living for God take all of the wrappings and all of the trappings of death and get them off of him he's new he's free God has raised him from the dead for this purpose the Son of God was manifest to untie every man and every woman from all of the work of the devil. When you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life you make that decision, I'm going to follow him you can be sure things begin to unwrap off of you. Some some habits that have tried to hold you back Try to hurt your body. Aren't you glad God is not the one and done God? And he'll begin to set you free. And if the son sets you free, you're free indeed. Because he's giving you a life that far exceeds the life that you were in. Someone said to me one time, they said, Pastor, if I give my life to Jesus, do you really think things will change? I said, no, I don't think anything. I've lived it. I can tell you, you give your life to Jesus, I guarantee you things are going to change. Not only that, but you'll have the power to change. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy. Luo. Unknot, untie, untangle. There's some tangled up stuff that we get in in life. Been knotted up, tied up for years. I'll never forget my mama raised five kids, and this is all I'm going to say. My mama raised five boys, seven children, five boys. All five of us boys were in a row, and then I have two younger sisters. And we were all about 16, 18 to 24 months apart, the five of us, in those numbers right there. So about the time one of us would learn how to tie our own shoes, the other one still hadn't figured it out, nor had the other one. And I'll never forget my mama, back in those days, to me, it was the funniest thing in the world. It didn't make a lick of sense. After you're a parent, you understand all things clearly. She said, oh, I tell you what, I felt like, I think I got set free more when those boys learned how to tie and untie their tennis shoes themselves. I think I had more liberty, she said, than when they learned how to go to the bathroom by themselves." If the sun sets you free, He'll untie you from that thing that's all tangled up. The first thing is heaven versus hell. They are opposite. They are not to be trifled with. There is a heaven because there is a hell. God does not want His people, you, nor anyone to go to hell. And He prepared Jesus that I go away to make a place for you, that where I am you can be there forever also. Oh Hallelujah. When I read about the house of, of that God is building in the Book of Revelation and what He's doing for us, it's a real place. It's got water, it's got streets, it's got walls. It, it's got jewelry, it's got wealth, it's got a beautiful rivers, the Bible says. It has all type of culture and society in it. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare you a house there if you'll just follow me. If you'll follow me. Bow your head with me, please, just for a moment, for this purpose. No one leave, just for a minute. I've waited 35 years to preach this to you this morning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to untie you from what's trying to hold you back and tie you down and shortchange you and steal from you and cause you to sacrifice what's good in your life. For this purpose, the Son of God was plainly revealed and shown to be who He is by virtue of the resurrection from the dead. King James uses the beautiful word manifest. For this purpose, to set you free from what tries to bind you up. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today, and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you—it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I've found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, It would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.